Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, everyone? This is Go Long with Dunn and Monus. Sans Monus, he is down in Arlington, Texas, getting things all lined up for the XFL. That season begins shortly after the NFL season wraps up. So uh, he's not leaving us for long. We're going to fit in some uh, podcast episodes in between all of his meetings and training camp and getting the league, getting a literal league up and running. Uh, so you're going to have to just put up with a solo pod on this episode. I just thought it would be great to kind of heat check and get into these playoff matchups a little bit, which I'm going to be honest with y'all still kind of crazy that a week after a player nearly died on a football field, DeMar Hamlin, CPR taken away in an ambulance. Um, we all know where we were. We all know how we watched it. We got into all of the detail on our podcast episode last week. And then tonight on the Isaiah McKenzie show live at, at Mr.'s Barn Lanes in East Aurora, we'll, we'll get Isaiah's player perspective on that all. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's still weird to talk about football and break down matchups, think about features, plan trips, do all this stuff when in that moment we didn't really know if there would be an NFL. I mean, you, you can really let your mind wander, and I don't think we want to let our minds wander to that hypothetical. I'm the Buffalo Bills. It, it, it's a miracle that they can even think about po- football, let alone play it. But they've been directly tied. Really, the entire NFL um, has been directly tied to everything happening in that hospital room and ICU at UC Medical Center. Say what you want about Rex Ryan. He put it perfectly when he's in tears saying, people, we needed that. <laughs> that did we win. Um, the fact that Tamar Hamlin is recovering at such a rapid miraculous rate. I mean, he's going to be out of there. He's going to be back in Orchard Park. Tredavious White's going to be able to give him that that hug that he wants to give him very, very soon. But Tredavious White put it perfectly as well in saying, you know, this is this this is going to stick with guys. You don't unsee that. It's on your mind. You try to watch TV. Once it hit the commercials, White's thinking about it. He closes his eyes. He thinks about it. He's replaying that scene over and over and over and over again. Um, it, it, it's part of you, for better or worse. And that those emotional swings can kind of manifest in positive and negative. And 
I guess in their first game back, it manifested in positive. He had the two kick returns for touchdowns. Um, anytime that New England threatened the Bills had an answer, it's, uh, it's real life and death. That's real adversity. A lot of coaches love to stand at a podium and preach to the masses about overcoming adversity. Well, there's the other kind of stuff Buffalo's been through, right? Players dropping like flies in the heat and getting IV against Miami in week three, the fourth and 18 Justin Jefferson catch, the UCL injury to Josh Allen that he was grinding through, the comeback win against the Dolphins in the, in the snow. And then there's DeMar Hamlin nearly losing his life on a football field. It's, um, that's real adversity. That's life and death. We'll see what it means on a football field. You watch the Bills at their press conferences. It's, yeah, they're elated and it is a celebration for DeMar who's live tweeting throughout the game, but you just don't, you don't forget about what happened in Cincinnati. That's always going to kind of be there. That's why they're talking to grief counselors and, and therapists and, I mean, that's real PTSD. That, that's, that's what it is. I mean, and you, I implore everybody. Yes. Read our story at golongtd.com and, and thank you to everybody who subscribes and has been, um, you know, reading all our coverage, but to really understand what Tredavious White was trying to say, you have, you have to watch it. Uh, you can kind of see that pain and terror in his eyes as he kind of relives it. At one point, he puts his hand over his face and as if to like kind of stop those tears before they come. And the only thing that gets out, gets him out of that is thinking about Tamar Hamlin and that 2.31 a.m. text message that he sent apologizing to his teammates. <laughs> I mean, he's apologizing to his teammates, saying sorry for putting them through everything, which speaks to the kind of human being that Tamar Hamlin is. Okay. We got into the the deep, deep elements of life and death and football with Jim on our episode last week. And, and thank you to everybody for listening if you missed it. Uh, we think it's it's worth an hour of your time. We might as well talk football, right? Because the show goes on in the NFL. If, if we know anything about about that, about the NFL, it, it's exactly that. Uh, there's there are games to play, and everything is moving closer and closer to the grand spectacle that is the Super Bowl. Uh, my buddy Tim Graham at the Athletic actually wrote a really good column on this all and how took like the NFL just kind of stepped right over the the situation, and hey, they got a Super Bowl to be. Played in Phoenix, Arizona. So this freight train just keeps on moving. But that's why you listen to this podcast. And that's why you read Go Long is you, you want to go deeper. Uh, we, we want to write those, those humanizing profiles and these deep dives on teams and, and try to examine this game in a different way, a fresh way. So yeah, this, this is going to be a quick episode. I'm going to just hit on these matchups. And then we'll reconvene with Jim to really preview the games in full. But figured you might be on a uh, on a commute. You might be cleaning at home, maybe getting a workout in, and you don't know who's playing who. And you want to just uh, get the cliff notes. So here we go. In the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs, they've got the bye week. Buffalo is going to host the Miami Dolphins. Uh Hard to really see Miami winning this game. Uh, there's a lot to be decided at quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater has the broken finger. Skylar Thompson was able to lead a few field goal drives. They, they don't really have a shot if he's the quarterback. I thought that Mike McDaniel 
was spot on when he was asked about Tua Tungabayola's health at this press conference. Obviously, that's that's their only chance to win is if Tua's the quarterback. They've got to think long-term, though. And for, for it's twofold. I mean, for football, you want if you view Tua as a franchise quarterback and you value his long-term health, you want to preserve that and keep him in a good place. And one wild card game as a seventh seed in the AFC is kind of inconsequential to the big picture. But especially in light of what we saw with Damar Hamlin, I mean, you've got to look after the human being here. You've got to protect Tua against himself. And if it's even remotely up in the air and he's teetering in this concussion protocol, maybe he even passes it. Uh, but you want to be smart, then he shouldn't play in this game. Either way, I think the Bills are are just playing a lot better than Miami right now. Uh, they're going to be juiced up for this game at home. We're going to go with the Bills against the Dolphins. And you think you got to go with the Bengals over the Ravens, too. Uh, they're, they look good. I mean, Joe Burrow's absolutely right. As long as he's the quarterback, Super Bowl window is wide open. It does seem like this is a team capable of going on a Super Bowl run, you know, even more than capable than they were last year, just just for, for many different reasons, honestly. They've been there. They've done that. They've got a secondary. They won't be scared by all of these quarterbacks in the AFC because they took down Patrick Mahomes. They made him look like Brody Coyle, Croyle and Tyler Thigpen and, Damon Heward, name, name your Kansas City Chief quarterback of yesteryear. They they completely shut him down. Even with Chidabe Ouzier out for the year, they've they've found a way to kind of keep things moving. They drafted well. They they got Jesse Bates back from his holdout, and Von Bell is is kind of the the heart and soul of that secondary too. They're they're going to have answers for teams. They're going to be able to confuse quarterbacks and and make those one or two plays you have to make to kind of turn a game, steal a possession. Love Cincinnati's defense. Love what they have up front. Mentioned a few times, we're going to have a story on DJ Reader. All starts with him on the nose. And then offensively, if Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are on the field, they're liable to go deep at any given moment. In addition to all the other weapons, T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, a running game that they, they can lean into if they need to. Uh, when, when teams started propping back with two safeties, they just handed the ball off to Joe Mixon, Smaje P. Ryan, and had success. The offensive line was was bad last year. They're they're not bad this year. I mean, they're they're not elite and just steamrolling teams, but I can't see uh, an Aaron Donald-like talent uh, burning a quit in Spain at guard and winning a Super Bowl. If, if Joe Burrow has that one-on-one matchup, to his receiver out wide. He's taking it with the Super Bowl on the line. I think if you're going to kind of take the emotion of the sport and the human element of the sport in, into this all, it's hard to bet against the Bills um, be, because this, this is a team just they, they have no choice but to lean into the emotion that the, the DeMar Hamlin situation has given them. But if we're looking at these teams on paper, I like Cincinnati to win it all. I, and I did at the start of the season. That's who I picked. Still do. But like I said, the Bills are kind of making me second guess myself on that front. All right. So yeah, they'll they'll take care of business against Baltimore. That that won't be a problem. All right, here's the game that I'm really looking forward to. Saturday night, 
You've got the 9-8 and eight Jacksonville Jaguars winning the AFC South against the Los Angeles Chargers, 10-7. and seven. I like the Jaguars. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago that they were chastised, mocked, made to be fools by just about everybody with a pen and a microphone, uh, paying that money that they did for Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Foye Oluokan. They they spent up. They had money to spend. They did it. It was the right thing to do then. They absolutely had to when you have a young quarterback on a rookie contract and you believe in that quarterback. Hell, even if you don't believe in that quarterback, if you've got money to spend in the NFL, use it. Go for it. And we know Trevor Lawrence now is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's been really a top five, maybe even a top three quarterback since November. Um, Since the month of November began, he's second in the NFL in completion percentage, 69.7%. Third in passer rating, 104.6. He is absolutely distributing the ball just kind of running exactly what Doug Peterson wants. They've got speed everywhere. Travis Etienne at running back is such a dynamic threat that can hit you in so many different ways. Now, remember, since they won the division, they get the Chargers at home to Duval is going to be up for that game. And then some, the defense, I, I, you know, I know it was a little uglier on offense uh, against the Titans to, to win the division and get into the playoffs. But, man, you've got to love that defense if you're Jacksonville. They they got after Tennessee, and they made Derrick Henry work for every yard that he earned. I like Jacksonville in this game. I, I just think that there's a, a toughness to this team that the Chargers lack. And, and Justin Herbert's, you know, he's a stud, obviously. I, I don't really think that many teams want to face Justin Herbert as well. But they, they've really been inconsistent. They've been up and down. Um you know, they, they there's times where they kind of move the ball and they finish drives. There's times where they completely bottom out and they're settling for field goals. <sighs> I don't know. Injuries get in the way. Take Jacksonville in that game. All right, moving on to the NFC, where the Philadelphia Eagles have the bye. San Francisco against Seattle is not going to be much of a game. Uh they went undefeated in the NFC West during the regular season. Uh, I, I get it. You know, Seattle does play hard and they've maxed out this season, but it kind of did hit a wall though. Uh, I think that they were about as good as they were going to be in the middle of October, end of October. And then they just kind of hung on for dear life. Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy and nobody knows how he's going to perform in the playoffs. Um, uh, as the last pick in the NFL draft. I just don't think it's going to matter. I think they're so good around him with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, the best offensive line in football, the best defense in football. This is why Chris Sims, when we were talking about Daniel Jones and the Giants, and we're all trying to figure out, you know, is he a franchise quarterback? What should they do with him beyond the season? <laughs> he put it eloquently, go build an effing team. Just go sign guys. Go draft well. Hey, that's what Jacksonville did. They, they went out and spent money. They probably overpaid above market value, which is kind of what you have to do with your Jacksonville. The Giants should do that. Every team should do that. 
in, in, in San Francisco, hey, they haven't exactly hit the bullseye in every single pick either. I mean, let's, let's remember how this whole thing began. Began with Solomon Thomas being drafted ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Um, there was a Reuben Foster pick in there. The contract for Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he, he took you to the Super Bowl, but it was kind of in spite of him. He threw, what, a dozen passes in that NFC Championship game. They, they've really been winning because they just keep taking swings. They know who they are. They're tough, pound for pound. Love San Francisco, how they're built, and they can win with Brock Purdy. Philadelphia, they're built the same way. Um how he rose me, give him credit. He kept taking those swings too. And they're really built from the inside out. What what a conference championship game that would be. As you all know, oh, my Minnesota Vikings, they uh, they kind of had some problems down the stretch. Uh, their defense ranks last or near last in most categories. Uh, they do force turnovers. And they force them at some pretty key moments. It's a dangerous way to live. Um, I do think what they have going for them, and this is going to be a great game against the Giants. And if, if you never get, didn't get a chance to watch the regular season games, highly entertaining, a lot of fun. And I think the Giants are going to give them a game. I'd probably lean Vikings though in this game because they still have Justin Jefferson. And as long as you have one of the best, if not the best non-quarterback in the game, you're always going to have a shot. I mean, they did have the greatest comeback in NFL history this season, albeit against the fighting Jeff Saturdays. Kirk Cousins knows that in any tight spot, third down, late in the game, all you have to do is give him a chance. No further than fourth and 18 against the Bills. They've got a real stud, and they know how to play and win in close games. Um, Say what you want about winning close games, that they're random, and that this is a fraudulent team. Hey, I think that there's something to it. They lost those close games under the previous regime. They're winning winning them now. I like the Vikings in this game against the Giants at home. That place is going to be rocking. Don't know what's going to happen the next week in San Francisco. But, yes, I do think that the Vikings win that game. As much as we like Brian Dayball Dayball around here and the New York Giants and every everything that they're trying to build. And here's your your uh, your upset blue light special. The 8-9 Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to expose the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, those 12-5 and Dallas Cowboys as frauds. We're already kind of seeing the shine wear off against Washington. Dak Prescott on that offense, not good. This is how Mike McCarthy coached teams typically begin to fall apart. Things kind of uh, grind to a halt. And it's not as rhythmic. It's not as fun. It's not as effortless on offense as as it was when the getting was good. And you're going on the road in Tampa Bay. Tampa's had their issues. We we all know that. Just see Tom Brady having having one one more thrill in the back pocket. One more little fourth quarter comeback in there to uh to give everybody on his way out the door. So yeah, like like Tampa Bay. You know, they they I'm looking at the numbers here. All season long, they really did struggle to push the ball down the field, which I guess is understandable with a 45 
soon to be 46 year old quarterback, but they did put up 30 against the Panthers in week 17. Um, so it's in there. And Mike Evans, future hall of famer, Mike Evans, he kind of has that Jefferson quality to him where he can be covered and it, and it doesn't really matter. Dallas secondary. Yeah. They force turnovers, but they're also susceptible to giving up some big plays. The problem with Tampa is they're, they're hurt everywhere and they've got just a ton of injuries. Maybe this is more about Dallas than Tampa Bay. Just can't see Dallas being much of a threat and just turn on the switch after what we kind of saw there against uh, Washington and, and what we really saw last year in the wild card against San Francisco and in the playoffs. Ugh. It's a bad combination. This head coach, this ownership, things usually fall apart. We're going to hold off on Super Bowl predictions right now. I want to bring back my buddy Jim Monas before we get too big picture, but those are the matchups. Hope everybody out there enjoys. Uh, Hey, I think it's okay to start talking about football, watching football. This is the game that we love. The greatest game on earth. Um, Still kind of hard to wrap our heads around everything we saw in Cincinnati. But I do think the fact that DeMar Hamlin just gets better each day, each hour of each day, it it gives everybody just a, a little bit more hope and you feel a little less guilty supporting pro football. Looking forward to the investigation. It'd be nice to know how how this happened. They didn't really say in that press conference last week, and who who knows? Uh, you know, the NFL is obviously going to sell this as a, a freak incident, but what a routine tackle, right? We've seen that tackle two, three hundred times a Sunday. All right. Well, hey, I hope everybody out there is doing well. Thank you so much for reading. Uh, we've got a lot planned for you at Go Long this week. Uh, Bob McGinn. Man, I cannot wait to share this. He did a, a deep dive on Peyton Manning. Now, you may remember his McGinn Files. It's a, a series on Brett Favre last year. We want to get back to the stars, to the best players ever. Peyton Manning, he's got the story on his rise and how he became the first overall pick in Indianapolis. Wasn't that long ago that uh, it, was, it was quite a debate. So do not miss that. It's for our subscribers only. And I'll have a profile on DJ Reader. Going to chat with a few more players this week. Can't really get into it quite yet, but we've got a lot of big projects planned. And I think you're going to want to come along for the ride. So thank you, everybody, for listening, for subscribing. We'll catch you here with Jim Onis very, very soon.